better sleep means a better you. Mattress Firm's Rest Assured Promise guarantees you'll find your perfect bed from America's best brands. For a limited time, save up to $700 on Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets and get a $300 instant gift good toward sleep accessories. With our highly trained sleep experts and our low price guarantee, you can rest assured you'll get the best bed at the best price. Only at Mattress Firm, America's number one Tempur-Pedic retailer. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Happy New Year! And that is the last time we're going to mention that. I'm pretty sure this is probably the millionth time you heard it. So, But this is the first episode of Trend Chat, so we just want to get that out of the way. Now, with New Year coming up, Everybody makes all sorts of resolutions to lose weight and to read more, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, if your resolution is to maybe find a special someone or something like that, especially you ladies who are all heartbroken over Tim Tebow and Chris Pratt recently being and getting engaged. Well, this is the episode for you because we're going to go through 129 ways to find a husband with Ellie Bufkin with the Federalists. So. If you're still out there looking and want some tips, you're going to have a good time listening to this episode of Trend Chat. So, welcome, and we hope you enjoy. of America. Here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. And welcome. Welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I am your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, whether on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. Wow, I did that after a, over a well, close to a month gone, and I still got it. All right. <laughs> it's the little things, the little wins in life, right? <laughs> so, don't want to hold up too much time because we definitely want to get with our, you know, to our interview with Aunt Ellie Bufkin. And I know a lot of you ladies are maybe listening right now, you know, like, come on, let's get to these 129 ways. I want to find this husband. So, <laughs> so I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get there. But first, given that it has been over a month and you know i was gonna i actually had like a list of other little things i was gonna 
it wasn't even going to be long, but because I want to get to this interview and also we're going to be back on Thursday as well. You know, we've been gone for so long. We think you deserve to get another episode this week. That's right. We're going to, yeah, we, we do this for you and especially this episode. So, um, I'm not even going to go into the other. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about calling in the segment called So What? Or Who Cares? Or something like that. I don't know. I, I want to make a segment out of it. Because there's a lot of things where I where I see the headlines or I see something that's trending, I guess. And I'm just like, I, do, I don't care. And a lot of times I don't even bring it up on here. But now I'm, I'm just going to bring it up in this in this section in this particular segment i guess i'm gonna call it and just where i've just like this is a so what segment where i like i don't care about this and what but so i'm not even gonna do that i thought i was gonna do that today but i just i wait till thursday but the overarching story over everything especially for the past couple of weeks has been the government shutdown and as of today well, as of what well, this is January the 15th, as of now, this is the longest shutdown in U.S. history, which I am not surprised. And because I thought it would be sooner in this in the Trump administration. But I th- well, the only reason why it hasn't happened sooner is because Republicans was in control of uh, the House and the Senate. I feel like if the Democrats was in control we would have had, I don't know how many shutdowns and been going on for how, how many months and weeks, who knows? But, um, I mean, I don't have too much on it. Cause, um, as of right now, it, it's the shut, the, the government still shut down. Who knows by the time you listen to this, it might be over. I don't know, but I, I would say one thing. Um, and I don't want this to sound on, I guess, unsympathetic, I guess, or, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna gonna sound that way. But especially how I'm gonna say this. But spare me the stories, really. Uh, you know the media out there, the stories about oh such and such has been working in this in this department of the government, and um, they're not they're not getting uh, they're not at, at work and and talking about and obviously because the the government shut down that they're not getting paid. That is a um, sad. That's sad. I mean, no one wants that. And I'm sympathetic towards, you know, people, especially who are living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And then all of a sudden this hits. And so I'm sympathetic toward that. But in the big scheme of it all, the, in the big grand picture of it all. If you're someone like myself who was a strong supporter of limited government or decentralization of the government, um, I don't think your job should exist in the first place. So, I mean, yeah, like like I said, I'm sad about the story, but honestly, I don't think you should even have that job anyway. Sorry, I mean, but like I said, if you're someone who is for limited government, um, if let's say for instance, who you talk about utopia, you talk about fantasizing right now, but think about if it, this actually happened where. You actually had someone in there that would really like cut down on all these departments and like I said, decentralize all these federal 
um, bureaucracies and where they would be on the state level or whatever, or municipal level, whatever. If that really happened, I mean, really happened, not just giving lip, ser- lip service to it and then don't do nothing about it. If that really happened, what you're seeing right now is nothing compared to what will happen then because we're not talking about just missing a couple of weeks of work. We're The reality will be that there will be thousands of federal workers out of a job entirely. That will be the reality there. So that's the mindset I have on 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 these stories when I'm hearing about about all of this. But I'm very pessimistic as far as anything like that is happening anyway. So another reason why I'm not really so torn up about when I hear all this is that for one, I know they're going to get paid. They're going to get paid eventually. And the government is going to just continue to slowly but surely grow even after this whole shutdown, uh, whether it, whether President Trump gets his wall or not, you know, that's it's um, it's just going to, you know, government just going to continue to it's it's slow and steady pace. Well, I guess you call it slow, but it's not so not so slow, really. But um, but yeah, so but that's all I got on that. I'm not going to not get too much into it because, um, well, one thing I, I <laughs> I hope Republicans don't cave on on this. I really, I really don't. I really don't hope they don't cave on it because, um, yeah, it's important. It's very important. It's been important for for decades now. So it's not it's not nothing new. So anyway, that, that's it with that. And um, so uh, I got a little bit of news after this. Um, but, but before that, I'm gonna play. Uh, your word for my friends with the founder project and then i got a little announcement and then we'll get into our 129 ways to find a husband hello trend chat listeners if you like the founding projects civics education video series civics for all ages and our educational meme series we think you will love our new website join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Hey, all right. So, um, like I said, let's get to our interview with uh, Ellie Bufkin. So, I know a lot of you are just eagerly anticipating to hear. Now, like I said, you know, we're not going to go through all 129 ways. We will tell you where you can go and and read the list and all that. So, but um, before we get into that, I just want to say something really quick. I am so stoked and happy to announce that we are an affiliate, a partner with two companies and I'll get more into it probably on thursday but one is a odg apparel and they make great christian apparel (laughs) great christian shirts um uh, hats and i mean art and all all sorts and so um we're we're really happy to have them and so we're gonna have we're gonna talk more about that also 1776 united dot com we we are part of the militia so we're on that as well so 
But we're gonna get more than that on in thir- on Thursday's episode. So without further ado, here's our ep- yeah, well, here's our interview with Ellie. And we're very pleased to have Ellie Bufkin with us. She is a senior contributor at the Federalist. And we brought her on because we came across a podcast that we listen to frequently and one in particular that was talking about a article that came out in the fifth in the fifties and it was a um, McCall's magazine 129 ways to find a husband um and that that was one of the most entertaining podcasts to us when we listened to it and we just had to get someone that was a part of the podcast to talk a little bit more on it if you want to hear the full podcast from the federalist just um you can search the federalist in all podcast outlets matter of fact let me just let me just ask you ellie where can they find the podcast if they want to hear that? Um, you can really find it on any uh, podcatcher. Um, I think the easiest is usually iTunes. So you can just go to iTunes Federalist Radio Hour and then the title, which is 129 Ways to Find a Husband. All right. So, so how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So, now, I, I mentioned before we got started that I literally could do maybe two or three episodes on this. Because this is 129, so, but we we're gonna try, really gonna try. Cause well, you know what? This this is a question I just thought about now. Given that it's 129, and on um, during the podcast is only an hour, did y'all have to condense everything that y'all talked about, or did y'all really get it all in on an hour? <laughs> well, we were just disciplined. We have three segments on the on the podcast, so we we figured out which what we kind of wanted to target in on um for each segment, but. Yeah, there was definitely more that could have uh, that could have been covered. Oh yeah, just to get into it, this list is even though it's 129, it's um, it's broken down into four parts. So it's kind of like in the beginning, it's just you know where where to find him, and then right. after after that, it's how to let him know you're there, and then mm-hmm. how how to look good to him, and right. how to land him. Now. Right. And then it goes completely off the rails. Yeah, you yeah, know, actually, I was going to wait for this to kind of go in order, but actually, I want to start with the last, I guess, the last group, because the last group of it is titled Wild Ideas, Anything Goes. Right. Now, before we get into the other ones uh, earlier in the list, I feel like this one right here, to me, it, this is the one for after you have tried all the you know, 110 at this point, and you're just okay. desperate. <laughs> like this. Well, this. yes. And I think more to the point, it was probably the it was two women who wrote this together, and I think this was probably the end of uh, of their ability to come up with ideas, uh, and they weren't sure where to categorize these, so they put them in a kind of crazy category at the end. Um, having come up with sort of long listicles, you know, myself in in my past writing career, I kind of I understand. Getting to that point where you're just just write down anything because we need to get to 129 and I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's the only explanation for a lot of these because no one would do most of. Them. I mean, one of the suggestions is to stow away on a battleship. <laughs> uh, even in 1958, that's crackers. <laughs> now, see, in that in that list, I mean, the I guess the most tame after 110 is 111. Go to Yale. <laughs> Right. I mean, that's a wild idea back then. Not, you know, don't go to Harvard, don't go to Princeton, don't go to Columbia, right. go to Yale. 
this is the second mention of Yale in the article, so I'm assuming that they're very impressed with the men who are uh, being produced from Yale at the time in 1958. They must be, um, yeah, must be Ivy League. At no point. At no point does it suggest going to another college. At one point, it does suggest potentially getting a job at a college and meeting men that way. But the only uh, uh, suggestion for higher education was, is just to go to Yale. as a wild idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, then it, it, it just kind of goes further down. And yeah. Get, it, uh, well, so I guess like even the next one, 112, I'll, I guess mm-hmm. to kind of update it, it's so 112 is to get a hunting license. I guess nowadays right. you'll be like, I guess get a concealed carry license or something like that. So yeah, I, I guess you know the idea of going hunting. I mean, you would meet someone in the woods, or you would just impress them by having a hunting license. I wasn't really sure what they were getting at with those. I, I, <laughs> I mean, it, it's like I said, the the last ones, it's just th- those are gold for me, kind <laughs> like. Bribe a Ferris wheel operator to get stuck on top of a Ferris wheel. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, why? <laughs> yeah. What we pointed out on the podcast is no Ferris wheel moves fast enough that you'd want to get stuck there for any longer. I mean, it's already a pretty big time commitment. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, if you're if you're really desperate, if you're really at the end and and you're down for bribing people, I guess I mean, you know, that that opens up a whole other can of worms. You can bribe all kinds of people. Now I was thinking when I, I guess when you first started at the beginning of it, just it, this is gonna be kind of scattered. I can see right now. But so, but um, one thing that kind of popped in my mind when I first started hearing even the first couple is that um, they're asking women to put themselves in some precarious positions, and so there's definitely of, just to kind of frame this up a little bit. I think that there's you know this this got dragged out. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and you know somebody else found it, and then we got a hold of it. But I think uh, there was a lot of pushback from you know more traditionally, I'm not traditionally feminist, but more like uh, intersectional feminism found a lot of problems with this because you know it's very much you know the the woman is sort of subservient to the man, and you know that's kind of how you attract them. But I don't think that that's the the intention at all. I think I think it's a, it's meant to be a little tongue in cheek, and it's meant to be kind of fun. Um, but definitely there's some specific and 129 suggestions about, you know, what, what to do to get the husband. There's definitely some things in there that are, uh, that are definitely not something I would recommend anyone actually do today. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. So like, so, so, uh, well, back at the beginning, so number one would be like, get a dog and walk it. Okay. Nothing's really wrong with that. Okay. Get a dog, walk it. That's fine. But then number, number two, have your car break down in strategic places. Right. So one, you know how to break down a car. <laughs> right. So and two, and how to time it. <laughs> yeah, and and how to time it, where yeah. it is a, in a place. I'm hoping it's in a in a, in a well lit place, not in the middle of the mm-hmm. woods, right? Right. So I'm so that's the first when I first heard that, I'm like, okay, that's all right. That's that could be troubling, <laughs> depending on where yeah. you're at. And then right after that, number three, t- attend night school. Like, why we got to be at night? I mean, <laughs> I guess they're assuming these are grown professional aged women and not not uh, teenaged women, so maybe that's what that is. But yeah, it's not a terrible suggestion. I mean, yeah, it sounds a little antiquated now, but you know, uh, you're getting educated and also potentially meeting somebody. I think you know that one kind of is just like, well, any activity that you can go and, and meet a mixed group of people could be 
uh, you know, you're already, if you're taking a course that somebody else likes, you've already got something in common. So that's a reasonable suggestion. Yeah, and then, but then the next one is join a hiking club. Are you doing this by yourself? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be honest with you, I don't know what a hiking club is, so I'm not really sure how that works, what the logistics would be. But I assume you sign up and meet a group of people. I was in a running club in New York, and that was sort of made me kind of like that. You You meet up with a handful of people and i'll just tell you right now that most of those clubs are mostly women <laughs> yeah so and i mean I, i'm just looking at another one take several short vacations at different places rather than one long one at one place again mm-hmm. are you by yourself like <laughs> yeah i guess i mean you know that's pretty modern right to, yeah. to go off on an independent vacation yeah and then and then do number 10 take a bicycle trip through europe yeah that's extensive. I mean, that's a big commitment. If you if you've got the means to take a bicycle trip through Europe, I you know, good for you. Well, I mean, but you should do that for you, not just to get a guy. <laughs> uh, well, you know, and and mention that another. I forget what number it is, but it says make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> so and, yeah, it's like when all else fails, just you know, be rich. People like that. <laughs> but you know, that's a good but, idea. But when I read that, I I, I thought like. Okay, but this is so. This is 1958, correct? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking 1958, and you're, you know, you're saying for a woman to make a lot of money. I know a lot of times the, I guess the thought is that men are intimidated by someone who maybe is making more or maybe have a higher profile. So I thought that was kind of uh, a little, a little ahead of a time, a little bit in, in reading that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All these other different. <laughs> I know another one. Well, first let me ask: of all of these. Which one is like, I guess, is your favorite? Favorite? Um, well, I, I don't know. It kind of changes. I think in the category of where to find him, the uh, the suggestion of looking through the census reports uh, is is pretty crazy. But also, uh, there's a suggestion of looking through obituaries uh, uh-huh. to find eligible widowers, that- which I also thought was pretty egregious. I, I can't imagine anybody actually doing that. That sounds like the beginning of like a forensic file. Um, yep. I I would never do that. I would never suggest anybody. <laughs> Seems predatory. Yeah, uh, because that's, right that's, that's that. number number six and 23. And I was reading this. I'm like, what is their obsession with widowers? <laughs> yeah. There might be a lot of widowers at your high school reunion, which probably means that a lot of your old classmates have passed away. So, you know, that's just a kind of macabre suggestion right there. Yeah, kind um, of morbid. I'm like... Yeah. Oh, well, like, don't take a job in a company run largely by women. You know, to be honest with you, that's it seems, you know, uh, anti-feminist. But uh, if you want to meet men, it's a good suggestion. Yeah, and I think another – what's the another one where it says about um... – well, uh, go, like go to your reunions, and so the wild kid may have calmed down. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, don't uh, be friendly to ugly men. Handsome is as handsome does. Oh. Know? Give <laughs> the uggos a chance too. That's that's good. You know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, that that's bold. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's worded harshly, but I think you know that's actually pretty sage advice. Now, kind of going back to. I guess being in precarious positions. Number twenty nine, like when when traveling, stay in a small uh, stay at small hotels where it's easier to meet strangers. Yeah, that's not something that I would necessarily <laughs> suggest. Um, you know, but I will say this: that these days there's a lot more like pod shares and hostels and that kind of thing that are sort of meant for 
um, that kind of activity. And, you know, I think that we're concerned now a lot that we're not really meeting people the way that we used to because everything is so digital mm-hmm. that we don't um, we don't really run into people the way that we used to. So there's a lot of loneliness. And I think that there's some companies that are trying to set up uh, opportunities for, um, you know, adults to sort of organically meet each other. So, you know, I think that that one maybe have come around full circle. Yeah. <laughs> now, to go, uh, I guess, a little further down, <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny to for 31, stumble when you walk in <laughs> into a room that he's in. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, as a guy, I don't know why that would get me interested in, like, I would just think he's clumsy. I <laughs> get someone to, like, jump up and help you. I don't know. I mean, that one's got, like, a high fail margin to me. I would, I would caution you against that one. Well, yeah, if he doesn't help you, and then you fall, you know, that's going to be unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those things where you got to be uh, strategic in a way, I guess. you got to make right. sure that they're close by to when I do stumble, someone would catch me at least. And, and also be prepared to just fall. Right. You know, don't just accept, yeah. just, just don't think that, hey, someone's going to catch me. Be prepared. No one might not catch you. You might just have to fall down yeah. the stairs. <laughs> it's a bold it's a bold choice to uh, to try to fall and assume someone's going to catch you. <laughs> No, uh, no. Have your wait, number thirty nine. Have your father buy some theater tickets that have to be got rid of. Besides mm-hmm. the grammar problems that I have with that suggestion, um, you know, I, I think that it would be uh, a bold move to get your father involved in uh, in your scheming as well. I was wondering what that meant. Actually, I was, yeah. I kind of skipped it. I was like, I'm like, what, buy uh, buy some theater tickets. Well, I guess well we're talking about you know. 1958, but still, I was like, I was, I was a little confused by that. Like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> that one's definitely uh, overshadowed by number 40, which was stand in a corner and cry softly. Chances <laughs> are good that he'll come over and find out what's wrong. That's a good way to get a guy. Show him that you're uh, emotionally unstable. <laughs> <laughs> and you also are trying to, you're telling women that how to act. Like, they need to yeah. learn how to act. So not only, you know, you need to stand in the corner. And you gotta cry softly, but not too hard, but not too yeah, soft. Don't you stop. Be That's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta get your acting skills into it. Oh man. So oh, I mean, don't let them fish for your name the next time you meet. None of this guess who stuff. All so right. what is that? So that what that like what, when they put names in a bowl or something? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think yeah. I think it, it does. It, I don't. I really don't know, to be honest with you. I think it's just try, try to eliminate that panic of not remembering someone's name. I don't know. I, I, I yeah, that. yeah. I was like, I was. I don't know what they. I don't know what they like passing around names or something. That's why I was. Just, I was wondering about that. Yeah. Now number forty-six. Now that's something I can appreciate personally because I'm a bit of a wallflower. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, so like, yeah, well, forty-six. So if there's a wallflower among the men you know, why not cultivate him? For all you know, he may be a diamond in the rough. Hey, you know, as a wallflower myself, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nice. There's a, so every now and then it's like it'll be crazy, 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 and then there'll be one that's just like, oh, that actually makes sense. Uh, I like in the next section, I'll jump ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some crazy stuff. Don't be too fussy. Use your ashtray. Don't crush out your cigarettes and your coffee cup. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, – Stick to your moral standards. I don't even know how those things go into a category together, but, you know, stick to your moral standards is just, you know, that's just a good piece of advice to take. Um, whether, whether you put your coffee, whether you put your cigarettes out in a coffee cup or an ashtray. 
moral standards are uh, are paramount. That that and that's true. But the, um, what are these moral standards after you read all this list? I mean, once you go through this list, like, what yeah, are your morals? Clearly, lying, lying, and manipulating is is well within reach of the uh, of the focus of this article. <laughs> so, like, you know. I'm like, what is your morality? That's what I was was wondering. I'm like, because we're going all over the place. Yeah. Oh, I like number 50. Practice your drinking with your women friends first. (laughs) (laughs) Go out and test your limits, ladies. (laughs) Figure out exactly what the number of drinks you can have is before you start looking foolish. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, I can just imagine that. You 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 on a, a, a girls' night and like yeah I'm not just practicing making sure when I go out on my date that I don't you know get too drunk. Right. No, I mean it's not bad. It's not a bad piece of advice. It really isn't. <laughs> now number fifty six. I was just wondering about this. Maybe you might have some insight because like um, if you look good in sweaters, wear one every third date. So why the yeah. third? I, you know, I have to just attribute this one to a different time. I think sweaters were like a big deal then, 1958. I'm trying to think, like, is that like Mary Tyler Moore? I don't know. Like, people really were into sweaters then. It's a different connotation now. Sweaters like something you wear to worm. Um, but I think that they were very noticeable then. So they, you know, if you wore a sweater every date, it maybe seemed like you were really trying. Uh, you know, it would be like wearing. Like, like a low cut dress, like a same low style low cut dress. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Now, if anyone comes across and you know, go on Google and whatever to find this list, and you get to number fifty eight, just understand that's not what it means. I'm I'm pretty sure that's not. They don't mean get a sunburn. Pretty sure they don't mean that. <laughs> well, like I, we talked about this on the other podcast. It's just I don't. I can't imagine. There's nothing sexy about a sunburn. It just makes someone look like they're in pain. Yeah. It must mean tan. Has to be. <laughs> but, yeah. Because I personally get sunburns, and it's not my cutest look. Not by a long shot. <laughs> now, I forgot which one it was, but there's there was two in particular that definitely would work on me. And I forgot what the first one was, but it was about basically just um go and go ask for advice. I forgot mm-hmm. what number that was. That one, but also number 67. If he has bought uh, you a trinket or, yeah. uh, or accessory, wear it. I can't agree sure. with that more. If you sure. don't like it, tell me so I can take it back and get my money back. <laughs> right. No, that's that's a that's a very solid, sound piece of advice. Quite frankly, if you don't love it, wear it anyway. I mean, it's just a that's just like a nice, gracious gesture. Don't be difficult. And I think that that kind of goes into number seventy. And this is some stuff we got pushed back on. But I agree with this kind of thing. I think that there's, you can be polite without being overly accommodating. You know, you don't have to be a jerk, you know, just yeah. to just to prove that you're an independent woman. I think it's, you know, it's nice to accept a gift and be grateful for it and don't be too fussy. I think those are good pieces of advice. I feel like 70 and 72 are the same because 72 is that don't whine, girls who <laughs> whine stay on the vine. That's the same <laughs> yeah, thing. That's, yeah. <laughs> They are similar, uh, but also it kind of contradicts the uh, the advice about crying in the corner. I think, ah. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> See, it just going it just goes all over the place. Yeah, it really does. Now, there is definitely some uh, some uh, variation from the um, the point they're trying to make here. I mean, it wanders for sure. Now, uh, now number eighty, I would hope that the woman would actually believe this. Because 
Number 80, talk to your father about business and agree that taxes are too high. I would just hope you would believe that taxes are too high, not just say it just so you could have a conversation with his father. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think that if you wanted to read a lot into this one, I think, you know, the idea of coming in, if you are political and you don't agree with, you know, their parents, then maybe don't, you don't need to flex all of your political opinions right out the gate. You know, it's nice to it's nice that you're educated. It's nice that you know what's going on, but you don't want to be contentious right off the bat. And so I think, you know, I've read this one several times, and you know, certainly I think the taxes are too high. But if you don't, if that's not part of your political spectrum, then that's okay. But maybe just don't fight about ta- about uh, politics with your, you know, date's parents uh, until you're, you know, way down the line. <laughs> yeah. And- and um, I noticed one other thing. There's an industry in particular that they're focused on, and it's fishing. Because there's a number mm-hmm. of rules in here to talk about being scaling a fish. Uh, yeah. They, so fishing is was big back in 1958, apparently. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. Apparently. Yeah, because if you didn't know anything about fishing, I mean, you just, it's no good back then. <laughs> well, hunting and fishing. Get a hunting license. Yeah. Scale and clean fish. Yeah. First of all, I've never lived outside of cities, really, so I don't know people like this. But um, I'm sure that if I lived in the country, maybe it would be helpful. However, you know, I can't imagine scaling a fish. It's really gross. <laughs> I, I haven't scaled a fish. The out and stuff? Oh, yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I haven't done that before. I've, I've gone fishing. I haven't done the full scaling part. I don't even want to do that, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm at this point in my life, I'm just, you know, I'm not – I like being outside as long as there's not so many bugs and it's, you know, nice and that's fine. But, like, pulling fish out of the water and shooting animals, it's just that's not going to be part of my life. Not ever. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a, so this one in particular that um, when I read this, like, I mean, obviously they must be part of this sorority because they mentioned, like, one in particular in 97. Mm. <laughs> they said, how would your five beta capital key? If if you own one, later on Junior can play with it. Now I don't actually understand what that meant, but I'm like they don't must... either. Oh okay. I had a um I had a listener tell me that Phi Beta Kappa was like the sorority that smart girls were part of historically. So In Yale. Like the more In Yale, I'm guessing. I assume it's Yale. well. I don't know if Yale was accepting female students at that time, but hmm. uh, well, I guess yes because they said they were there. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure that, I mean, most sororities have chapters in, you know, many, many colleges. So uh, I guess maybe that's what it meant. It, and, and if that's true, then it's kind of like a more weighted suggestion because, you know, don't let anyone know that you're a smart person is, you know, that's dubious advice at best. Um, I don't understand the second part of it where it says later on junior can play with it. Yeah. I, I, I don't uh, know anything about sororities. So I don't maybe even... the point is like if you hide your smartness, then you'll have kids. And then it'll all be worth it. I don't know. Well, see, I, was, I, I was thinking about physical it. keys. So I, <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, maybe it's just like a big key that a kid would like. I, I really don't know. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was really confused by that. I'm like, okay, I'm guessing it's a sorority. I know that. I guess that much. But other than yeah. that, I was like totally lost on that one. Yeah. So we we've gone through pretty much m- most of it. Well, no, we haven't. <laughs> but yeah, no, but if you want to, <laughs> yeah, if you want to read this list. It's out there. Just basically, just Google um, McCall's yeah. well, 129 McCall ways. Yep. Yeah. And then also, again, 
if you, um, definitely I would I would recommend to listen to the Fairless podcast on this. This <laughs> it wasn't. They talked about more than what we did, and we talked about things that maybe y'all didn't talk about as well. But but um, I do want to ask, being a senior uh, contributor at the Fairless, your um, expertise is on pop culture. Uh, right. So given that we're here at the end of the year, do you have anything as far as I guess kind of like a year in review as far as what's been going on with the connection of pop culture and politics? Sure. I mean, I think you know what's I, what's happened in the days leading up to this uh, this recording uh, is that Kevin Hart was uh, asked to host the Oscars and then he stepped away after uh, some tweets of jokes that he'd written 10 years ago that seemed somewhat homophobic came back out and the Academy demanded that he apologize for them, which he'd already done many times. And he kind of was just over it. You could tell he was just gassed by the situation and, uh, and then ultimately said that he was just going to walk away from the hosting job because it just wasn't worth it. Um, and then he did actually issue another apology to the LGBT, LGBTQ community, um, which is fine. But the problem is that because he relented, um, you know, they won. You know, the outrage mob, you know, said, we want you to apologize for these, even though they're jokes. And there's tons of stuff that gets excused for being jokes. But now we we decided that this is offensive, even though, I mean, really, the tweets aren't even actually offensive. Um, you could make almost anything offensive if you want it to be. Uh, and so that's kind of the danger in that. So now, you know, who actually is, uh, what comedian has never said anything that's going to that's going to make them mad because now everybody's whole history is under scrutiny. Um, And I think that that, you know, coming up to the end of the year, I think that that's a really poignant point. And we see that a lot um, with many different things, but in in particular comedy is under fire. Uh, You know, this whole idea of you can't say that. And uh, as someone who writes about comedy a lot, I spend a lot of time in comedy clubs and the attitude within the clubs is so completely different than what you would think based on what you read and what you see. Comics are there to, to make like the most free jokes that they want to make, and it's it's hard for them to be in an environment where that's um, that's scary because now who knows who's recording when they walk into a club and they want to make jokes about they're trying out new material. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, um, and and they'll figure that out. That's part of the process. Uh, but if they're in a club which is supposed to be their safe haven, now they're they don't feel as they don't feel as secure and. Uh, and that's not right. It's an infringement on free speech, honestly, at the end of the day. Yeah, it's. I mean, everything with the whole Me Too movement, especially this past year, has where people are just finding old tweets or in a social media posts and, and bringing it back up. And it, there's a, a, a substantial lack of grace <laughs> um, yeah. when it comes to any of these any of these situations that's been going on, whether it is with Kevin Hart or take your pick the past year or so. And there's so many people right. that, have, that have just been just drugged through the mud over just, yeah, just craziness. Now, I know one thing off the top of my head, just to think of especially the, I guess, the intersection of pop culture and, and politics would be what happened with uh, Kim Kardashian and President Trump. <laughs> Like I kind of felt like that was kind of a, a pretty big, I guess a pretty big story for this past year as far as what just that happening in particular. And um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that that I think that that's what, that was an example of. I mean, if you're talking about the 
the prison reform stuff that she's done. Yeah. Um, I think it's an example of actually politics and pop culture combining for, for good. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, you know, some people really benefited from her platform in this particular case. Um, you know, there's some long-term uh, effects that I think are going to ultimately be positive as well. So that's good. And then, you know, look at her husband and uh, sort mm-hmm. of the, <laughs> the sideshow he became yeah. uh, in the latter half of this year. Um, and ultimately just to kind of withdraw everything and end up switching parties and donating hundreds of thousands of dollars to progressive Democrats. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was the roller coaster that I knew it was going to be. <laughs> well, exactly. And it was just everybody was like on Team Kanye, you know, on the right. And I was like, this is not advised. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's it's worth look, looking into, but you know, everybody uh, don't get too excited about uh, Kanye. I think he's, uh, you know, I I can't judge his mental stability because I don't know the man, and I I'm not a, a mental health professional, but something seemed disconnected there, uh, for sure. So and it turned out that I was right. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, even whether it's Kanye or any celebrity, I, a lot of times I bring up on the podcast is where just not get all wrapped up in someone making any sort of slight conservative or Republican message of, you know, that person can very well totally recant everything in, in another tweet the next day. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, I think that it's always a risk to put all your eggs in a basket, you know, based on, on one, um, one thought or one inkling that somebody might have. I mean, I think especially conservatives get so excited when celebrities might be on their side that they mm-hmm. just, they, they go over overboard. But I mean, we don't, uh, you know, I don't think that it's it's necessary to. to I don't know. I, I, celebrities get worshipped too much anyway. But um, and yeah. to, it's it's a fickle culture. And, and to <laughs> me, it comes across as desperate to me. Mm-hmm. Like you're just desperate to get that, you know, that attention from the celebrity culture, you know, right. from and every time something like this happens and everyone all of a sudden just start fawning over whoever that celebrity is and then uh, and next thing you know, couple day a couple of days um, an hour later, they turn around and say, "Well, I apologize. I didn't mean to say what I right. what I meant." And then they're saying, "Oh, why do you get all well, excited in the first place?" A good example of that was Mark Duplass who tweeted that you know, he's he's very liberal, but he tweeted that um, this is a couple months ago that Ben Shapiro is somebody that he recommended people follow if they want some intelligent insight from the other side of mm-hmm. the aisle. And he was immediately just torn apart by his own followers because everyone was like, "Oh no, Shapiro is a homophobe, racist. Like, how could you ever say that? You know, we respected you, and now everything you say is ridiculous." And so instead of sticking by his guns, he immediately was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I should have looked further into it. You're right." Yeah. You know, and it's like that's just to me, no one, whether it's Mark Duplass or anybody, should feel afraid to say what they believe. I think that he had a really good point. Yeah. And they might not agree with Shapiro, but, you know, to, to, to roast Duplass for even suggesting that they follow somebody who, you know, doesn't agree with them, that's that's a really good metric of where we are right now with outrage politics. And it's it's disappointing and it's disheartening. And actually the most recent thing that came up, um, the, the young man who just won the Heisman Trophy, uh, Kyle Murray, um, he, you know, totally on on a complete 
upward trajectory for his entire young career. He was like a number one draft pick for the MLB in addition to being a football star. Uh, and as soon as he won that trophy, people dug up tweets that he had done in uh, 2012 or something. He was like 15 years old in high school. And uh, it was just him joking around with friends, and he used the word queer. And it wasn't even to be disparaging about gay people. It was just, you know, the way that he and his friends were talking to each other. And now is that, you know, does it sound right? I mean, no, I guess, but I, it's just a word. I mean, language is not a weapon, and he wasn't using it against anybody. And that, that's beside the point. The kid was 15 years old, and now everyone thinks it's their right to – find these tweets and destroy his career and have this trophy that he's worked his entire life on taken away from him. And it's just the wrong way to think. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm surprised whenever one of these stories come up, whether it's Kevin Hart or any, anyone, especially a celebrity, I'm surprised, especially someone as a celebrity like Kevin Hart, that they haven't went back into their uh, social media and just like, just deleted everything and just started, start fresh. Yeah, I'm surprised by that too. And I find tweets, you know, now it, it, the tweet search engine is a dangerous thing because you can plug in any sort of keyword and you can look through, I mean, Twitter's been around for 12 years. You can look through 12 years worth of tweets. And I guarantee you almost everybody said something they wish they had. Um, and, and who knows? I mean, I guess if, if I were a more public person, maybe I would go through and uh, and delete my tweets. But to be honest with you, I actually just did that. I went through and, and deleted a couple of things. But um yeah, I, I don't know. I would think that would be the first thing that you would want to do. I know ever since I started doing anything on social media, I've always had the thought that basically to uh, to think twice as far as what you're going to post. I mean, honestly, that's probably why I don't post nearly as much because I'm always I'm, – I'm overthinking a lot of times when I post. And I've always been that way. Like when I, The first post on Facebook back like 10 years ago, I was that way. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very <laughs> – like I, I'm very critical as far as what I'm what I'm going to write for anything, and also also uh, have the thought that nothing is private when you put it on right. the internet. No matter how private you think it is, that's the mindset I have at least that it's, right. it, it's not private. I don't care if it's in the messenger or Snapchat. I don't care what it is. Have the mindset that it, this is not private and it can get get out. Exactly. So, exactly. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and so let everyone know as far as where to reach you on social media. Uh, yeah, you can follow me right now just on Twitter at uh, Ellie underscore Buskin, um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you got to check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles. 15% off friends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or account for details. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. 
Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea.